Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. We are here recording episode 116, and today we are going to be talking about peak tour seasons around the world and give you some advice on where to go when and some of the pros and cons of going during the peak season and maybe also going during the off season. And I am very excited to hear what Jared, what gems Jared has dug up during his three-month-long podcast research of this uh, topic. So it'll be fun. We're looking forward to bringing this to you, giving you lots of little nugs and gems of knowledge to help you out on your next travel journey. So we hope you enjoy this episode. We're looking forward to bringing it your way. And without further ado, my travel buddy, the dude who I wish I could go everywhere with, my buddy Jared. What's going on, Jared? Hello. Jeez, that was powerful. Welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. You can call me Gems or uh, <laughs> JJ, Gems Jared. Either one you want, you know, whatever, whatever. But uh, as you're uh, calling me JJ, Gems Jared, um, spread a little love and give us those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Go ahead and do that. It's right there and it's so easy. I actually, I listen to podcasts all the time and I always get five-star reviews because I know what it's like to be out on those podcast streets and I like to support the people. It's rough that, on these streets. Uh, are important to me. And I also spread a little love and follow us on Instagram. You can see uh, pictures. You can see pictures of our setup, but actually like good pictures of our setup because we're in person. And uh, well, sometimes, not right now, not today, not right now. But, but sometimes, yeah. <laughs> but if you if you were to see us on Instagram, you would see instances of us being together. I have proof from a real camera, not an iPhone. Uh, that's Untranslatable Podcast. Twitter, Untranslatable One, the number one. You can email us, untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. Slide into those DMs or inboxes to give us uh, topic ideas, untranslatables, which are idioms, sayings, proverbs, uh, axioms. You know, whatever spread in the and that they don't make any sense in uh in English when you translate them literally, but they have a meaning to them, and we'll get down to the bottom of it here at the Untranslatable Podcast. That's right. Um, Jared, could would you say that we are in some ways language detectives here at the Untranslatable Podcast? I would definitely say that. You betcha. I agree. I just like Gems. envisioning you and me dressed up like <laughs> sherlock holmes deciphering these untranslatables it's a nice yeah. nice picture yeah I, I, i'm looking around my desk for a magnifying glass knowing good and well that i don't have one here you you and me both don't have any magnifying glass oh there you go close enough close enough um today's episode is about uh tourist season and you know i was scrolling through all the various things that i waste my time with online and i stumbled upon Hotel tips that no one taught you, and I thought this might be a good time to talk okay. about this. It is peak tourist season. I hope you guys are out there enjoying it. Maybe that's why the uh, five-star reviews have slowed down. But I'm going to give you this gem because I'm Gems Jared, and it'll make you want to be like, you know what? All right. All right. Come on. Uh, the remote is gross. I mean, isn't, aren't most things in hotels gross? Like I've heard yeah, they but don't always not about change grosses, the comforters let's be clear. as Everything well. In, um, is that true? I've heard that before, that only I, <clears throat> very, very fancy hotels will change comforters usually. They change the sheets, but not the comforter on the top. Also, another one is that they don't clean pillows. Like, they clean pillowcases, right, but I don't think they pillows. clean pillows. And another one is, much like on the airplane... Say no to the coffee. You know, you can get like in the breakfast area. That's different, I think. But like yeah. the hotel coffee things, just skip over those completely. Okay. 
the remote know. is gross. Um, everyone touches it. No one cleans it. By the way, I rarely ever turn on TVs anymore. Like, I have a computer. Yeah, me I have either. YouTube. Now that I think about it. 20 Celsius. Well, actually, some of them are now, uh, at least some that I've experienced recently, are integrating, like, smart TVs in so you can watch YouTube and stuff on there. So, oh, cool. Actually, you can watch it on Translatable still. Podcast. You definitely while could. While you're chilling in your hotel. Don't, That's great. Don't act like I didn't. The first thing I did was go out to YouTube and pull up our own podcast podcast to see if it would show up, and it did. And I felt good. I was like, look, that's us go. in a hotel. Pretty um, fancy. Granted, I had to find it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> just type it in, and it's there. You can see our faces, sometimes in person. 20 degrees Celsius is how much in Fahrenheit? 20 degrees Celsius would be oh, probably around... Can I give you a range, or do I need to give you the exact number? Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm going to give you an exact number back. So, okay. You know. Well... I know but if a range is all you got, start there. We can work it out. I would say it's 75 to 80. No. Is it higher than 80? <laughs> yeah. Really? It's 97 degrees. 20 degrees Celsius? No, it's 68. I was just kidding. Oh, <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> okay. Oh, so it's lower. Okay. 20 yeah. degrees Celsius is like a good, mm-hmm. it's a good temperature right there. So that's just like a good sort of general spot to start on a thermostat if you're mm-hmm. struggling with that. Granted, if you're in Europe, might not even be a concern in a lot of places. Although right. in Canada, I guess it, it would be. They use, they're civilized. They have a air, AC and a <laughs> heat over there. Uh, be skeptical of drinking glasses, especially if the hotel lacks a restaurant. Generally, drinking glasses are cleaned after every guest. Generally. Generally. Oh, no. Uh, oh, that's no If good. there's no on-site restaurant, how are they cleaned? By hand, presumably. But how well? Give them a rinse and sniff at least. A, r- a sniff is not going to do anything. If anything, nope. it's just going to give you herpes on your nose. <laughs> I would say don't use them. I mean, you can use them, but wash them first, at least in the sink or something. I would say the better alternative, if possible, would be the already packaged. Now, not necessarily as environmentally friendly. And we do try to be environment, environmentally friendly saying. here. But the uh, like paper cups that are usually wrapped in plastic that you have to open but the plastic. We also support being hygienic. I agree. I've used one of those. Actually, when I last time I was here before I moved here to Michigan, the hotel I was at, that's all like they had as an option. Usually I actually use the glasses and I don't clean them, but it it does always feel kind of I always do feel a little gross. Anyway, right. last time I was, you know, in a hotel I used one of those uh, little wrapped up plastic cups mm-hmm. and it definitely felt cleaner except after when I was done with it I actually nicely tucked it back in and put it back down no i'm kidding um <laughs> it's just so small you know you have to fill it up every right. every you take a gulp of water and it's like fill it back refill up. it that's true don't put your luggage on the bed now obviously beds are gross and stuff but your luggage is always being put on the floor slash ground mm-hmm. uh when you travel at airports which are you know arguably one of the grossest places on earth um on the street Arguably pretty close to the one of the grossest places is Trains the can be pretty bad, too. Yeah, can be and are. Um, so, you know, you concern yourself with those black lights, but put a black light on yourself for a hot second. Really uh, Ooh, I don't keep know if that that's in mind. such great advice, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> Mama hoo-hoo. Um, uh, long cables for your phone or a travel power strip. I'm a firm... Uh, prop- I'm a firm supporter of long uh 
charging cables for my phone. So I'll, I'll, like most of my chargers are like maybe double or double and a half the length of your standard uh, standard sort of iPhone charger. Right. Yeah, that's smart. It's that's just very, very smart. Uh, yes, you can uh, take the little bottles, the sh- little shampoo bottles. No, you can't take the robe. And I understand in theory where it's like, oh, you paid for those bottles. You can take them. Mm. How often do you actually enjoy um, hotel shampoo, like hotel soap? Like it's I'm the worst. Head right now. It's, it's watered terrible. down. Like it's never good. I'm never like, oh, I can't wait to. I'm always excited to use my own stuff when I. Can. Right. Oh, for sure. Your your smells all whacked. You know, all yeah. messed up. Yeah. I uh, mean, I, go ahead. I no, go ahead, please. I just don't like a lot of the hotel stuff because yeah, exactly like you said, Jared. It it to me it seems cheap. My skin dries out seems really to dry bad. Seems dry me out more than it that. actually. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And then the lotion sucks too. I'm black, so I use lotion. And uh, <laughs> the lotion's bad too, so uh, like that feels like it's just drying me out too, and it's all watery. It's right, like, man, none of this is good. Um, so I don't take them anyway, and also um, I'm broke. I don't stay in hotels with robes. Right, me uh, either. How hygienic are those robes, though? I think they're pretty good because I think I think they're well. Let me Do say this: I think they're time? as good as the towels. Okay. Because they are the same, like they are just, most of them are just towel uh, material. Right. And so they just probably wash them just with the towels anyway. So they're, I, my, I assume those would be as clean as the, uh, like I'm not going to put on a silk robe. They don't have like <laughs> silk robes lying out. You, you for bring your own use. silk robe when you travel, right, Jared? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I have figured. a whole extra suitcase just for silk robes. I figured. You never I knew know. it. That's right. Um, and that's it. Yeah, that's great. That's really good advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing with hotels is, and maybe we should do, I bet you we could find some gems on the internet of oh, hotel horror of stories. Of course That would be could. a fun one, too. We might as well just do a whole horror story series at this point because oh, we've already done idea. teachers. We could easily do hotels. Haven't we done I, travel? I don't know. if I think we did. We did hostels. We did hostels. Oh, yeah. We didn't do travel. That's a good idea, I'm though. That would be fun. Horror. 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 Not horror. <laughs> <laughs> That's another series there. we're working on. That, that's right. podcast. Horror story uh, series. That'd be fun. Because I edit this, so I'm going to listen to this anyway. I, I didn't really need to do that, but I like that idea. Sometimes Look forward to that. To that's an easy paper. thing to do. For and sure. And fun. And Chad's and good at Reddit. I, I love Reddit. It's so great. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think the other thing about hotels, too, is like because people go there, they have no like people just trash hotel rooms. Oh, yeah. I mean, they have no respect, no regard for it. Um, I remember when I was a kid, I don't know if your parents are like this, Jared, but maybe my parents were just a little crazy. But my parents would make me make my bed at the hotels we were staying in. And I was like, but why? You know, we're going to have a cleaning lady come in the room, tidy it up and make the bed. And they always make the bed way better than I can. You know, I wasn't in the military. I can't have that tight tuck <laughs> going on in that bed, you know. They so. do only hire ex-military for uh, <laughs> for the cleaning service. No, only um, for the bed making. That's it. <laughs> my, um, my parents, uh, specifically my dad, was a stickler for making my bed. But I don't know if that carried over to hotels. Okay. But... Um, Something I always struggled with at hotels, and I still do to this day, is the uh, like what 
what to do with the dirty clothes. Because I don't like just leaving them in a pile on the floor. But I also, Mm -hmm. you know, it gets confusing if you're... Excuse me. I just chugged down a Verner's. It gets confusing if you stick it into the... Like, back into your suitcase. And you're like, wait, did I wear this? You got to do the sniff test. I have a special special spot, usually. My suitcase or luggage. Where it's like, that section is only for dirty clothes. And then you know. I realized my um, my travel backpack, you know, the one that I got right before I went to Europe, mm-hmm. has a little, like, um, you know, essentially like a little bag, like waterproof sort of bag that you could uh-huh. use for, like, a hamper as well. And I'm like, oh, huh. I always wonder call. why I was lumpy at the bottom of this backpack. There you go. Now you know, Jared. The more you yeah, know. So, shout out to Good Travel Bag. Shout out to um, Hotel Tips and Spread a Little Love. With some shout-outs to the pod, I would say. That's Are you right. ready? Do you have anything else you want to uh, say? I don't mean to... No, I'm ready for these shout-outs. You okay. read my mind. All right, perfect. So, Jared, do, do we want to start with... I'm going to give you three options here. Do mm-hmm. we want to start with a celebrity? I have one, too, by the way. A, great. Then we'll start with yours. We'll start with yours. No, but you have three, so okay. I'll work my way in Fair between. Fair enough. So, I got three potentials for you. A celebrity... Uh, college student or a, I believe they are a high school student. Good college choice. student. Want to go with the college student. Okay, here mm-hmm. we go. So, uh, let me see here. All right. So, Liam McCulkin, our shout out first goes out to Liam McCulkin, who is studying right now at Scotland's University of Dundee, who is actually a deaf student who is studying science and realized that British Sign Language deeply lacks a lot of signs for scientific terms. So, as he delved more into complex topics... I think they have this sign down, though. What's that? Can you not see me? I I see you. What what sign is that? Oh, you know, like the backwards peace sign. Oh, fuck you. I'm doing a backwards peace sign, yeah. (laughs) Is that that actually sign language, though? Uh, I think it translates. I bet you it translates. Okay, it might... (laughs) It might, but anyways. I don't think a deaf person is looking at that like, I'm not sure that doesn't follow what my book of standard British right. sign language uh, says. That's I think fair. they get it. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I think I'm this sorry. is great, though. That uh, I didn't think that would be so confusing for you. It's, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. But yeah, so anyways, so uh, Mr. McCulkin has, um, you know, he realized that as he delved into more complex topics, like, uh, I'm going to butcher these words right now such as phosphorylation or oxidation. I can handle that one. Mm -hmm. Um, The signs were used to communicate the lessons often took up an inefficient amount of time because they had to be spelled out with each letter. Can you imagine trying to spell words like photosynthesis by letter when you're signing? (laughs) Yeah. You know, and and that's just one word. The person actually be able to, not even, like, obviously it's it's probably easy to actually spell it, but it's more the person you're talking to has to be like, well, if they I, wait, what was the spell it one more right. time? I'm trying to write right. that out of my head. Right. <laughs> Especially if it's a word you're not really super familiar with. All right. They spell right, a word right. like mitochondria. You're like, Mito- what? I mean, it's like yeah. if we were to start, like if we were to, you know, speak about science in German, where it's like, oh, I thought I was good at German, but I have no idea what's happening right now. Right. So, anyways, though, Mr. McCulkin took it upon himself to fix this problem. So he has since created more than 100 new signs to use in his science courses, which is amazing. And get this, Jared, it took him about Who is he communicating with? I don't know. I'm not sure how this is, how this works, but I think this is great. And this, this offers 
a really great opportunity for other deaf people who are mm -hmm. interested in the sciences. I think this is really yeah. great, and he deserves all the love. So let's spread some love. And it seems like a, I mean, it sounds difficult, but it also does sound kind of fun to uh, make those up. Mm -hmm. And can, I wonder if uh, he can like submit them to the, uh, you know, British Sign Language Society. Oh, I'm sure. I would imagine like, so. All right, sure. Bring them on. Come on then. Right. Pop, pop, chip, chip. Well, he's Scottish right. though, so I'm sure he has a different accent. Although well, I got, he signs, oh, right. so I he guess there's no Scottish. accent. God, I'm an whoop, idiot. Whoop. Anyways. Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, anyways, God, we're so stupid. <laughs> All right, Jared. Time for, time for your uh, shout-out. You betcha. Uh, innocent man released after 21 years in prison. Star witness confesses to killing. I can't live with this on my conscience. Seemed like you did a lot of living there, Chief. Damn, no kidding. 20 years worth. After 21 years behind bars, Pennsylvania man, a Pennsylvania man will finally resume the life he left behind. Roughly. I mean, really? To be honest. Really? Yeah. really? <laughs> Dude, I wasn't going to bring it up, but when I first read this article, I, I had the exact same reaction. Even just by myself, I was like, I mean, not really. That's like right. literally impossible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like he just walks out. All right, now uh, all right. put on a suit and go to a desk job, and there you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, all right. Back to, back to your grind. Yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. It definitely doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, my job has to let me back. Your company doesn't exist anymore. They went out of <laughs> right. business 10 years ago. Where, where's my house? Yeah, it was bulldozed 10 years ago. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is getting too dark. We're trying to spread anyway, This is my bad. Uh, my CNN bad. reports that forty-four-year-old a 44-year-old man, John Miller, has been... Uh, released from prison after David Williams, to start witness in a murder case that Miller was charged for, has confessed to committing the act himself. I'm very happy and excited that after 20 years, I'm finally happy, oh, excuse me, I'm finally being heard and that my innocence has reached the surface, Miller said in a written statement. I'm going home to my family. I'm overwhelmed, excited, and happy. Uh, for uh, so this happened in 1997. Obviously, you could just do that math, but uh, right. you know that's what I'm here for. That's right. Uh, well, he was convicted in 1997. The murder happened in October of '96, and um, it happened. If, actually, it happened. I'll just read this. Miller was convinced was convicted in 1997 for the October 1996 murder of Anthony Mullen during a robbery attempt outside of the 30th Street station. Philadelphia's main railroad station. I, I know where that is, not to brag. <laughs> According to court records, Mullen has been shot to death. A jury convicted uh, Miller of second-degree murder, and he was sentenced to life in prison. David Williams was the witness who identified Miller as the killer, according to court records. Williams told police in exchange for lenien leniency in another case that Miller had confessed to him that he killed Mullen, uh, the court records show. You know, a couple things. One, um, that's what I hate about the, the legal system where, yeah, obviously, this is the best, quote unquote, the best way to do this, and we have to have due, or due process. Mm -hmm. But, you know, one, you always hear how witnesses in general are, are uh, usually unreliable sources. Everyone's memory is different, especially in a traumatic situation. Say, sure. like, a, and it changes a lot, too. Right, right. Yeah, people can give wildly different accounts of the same situation. But, um, I mean, this is even a step further than that. The key witness that put the guy away is the one that did it. How are the turntables, Jared? And um, it's just like, um, like, it just seems like he, like the guy that actually did do the killing, got some sort of deal 
um, in a, a different like case. in another case, that, in an unrelated case, if he confessed this, and I, that just annoys me. Right. So shout That's out terrible. though, anyway, to John Miller on his freedom. Um, it's obviously nice to uh, you know, even though recovering and after being in prison for any amount of time and and rejoining society is hard. I can only imagine what it would be like after twenty one years, but I think. Um, it's definitely easier coming out knowing that you have a clean conscience. Yeah. And that, I mean, obviously he knew while he was in prison that he was clean, but it's, you know, I I think it's easier if it's not a criminal. Sure. Absolutely. But that changes a person. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's great. And I hope, I hope he can get back on his feet and can live a happy life. Absolutely. So Jared, my next shout out goes out to, and so we got the Scots and we got the Irish today. Mm. Uh, I'm probably going to butcher this poor gentleman's name, but it's, I believe it's Fion Fer- Ferreira, which does not sound super Irish. I'm sure there's a more Irish way to say it that I don't know how to Good say. Fion Ferreira. <laughs> or Italian, who knows? But he, win- he won the two, uh, 2019 Google Science Fair for removing microplastics from water. So there's a big problem here, Jared, with a lot of the microplastics because basically these are particles that are de- designed of having this really, really tiny diameter, and usually they're far too small for filtering or screening during wastewater treatment. Um, and microplastics are often included in soaps. So those little, hmm. you know, those little, I hate those little balls, those little microplastic balls that they have in like hand soap and stuff, or like shower gels. I don't gels. know if I know what you're talking about. Uh, okay, well, yeah, there are these little well, tiny- What do you mean? Oh, like, like little the little crystals? Bubbles. Yeah, are there- Not a, crystals, but- in, in balls. They, Right. Okay. Yeah. There's like face washes that have exactly that, I think. face washes, soaps, mm-hmm. shower gels. Um, I thought that was for exfoliating. Soap. For their ability to exfoliate the skin. That's right. Mm. But what happens? My skincare is, is on point. Everyone except your, for yours my is clearly hairs, minus. I don't know how to shave. But uh, these microplastics can easily make their ways into waterways. Excuse me. And are virtually impossible to remove through filtration. And mm-hmm. small fish are known to eat microplastics. And because larger fish eat the smaller fish, uh, these microplastics are then concentrated in the larger fish species that the humans consume. Life, people. It's beautiful. You just don't understand. That's, that's <laughs> right. But anyways, um, Mr. Fion this, Ferreira... Is this the high schooler? Yeah. Has, okay. Uh, has won $50,000 by winning the competition Damn. and figuring out a way to remove microplastics from water. So I think that's great. I, I want to hear one a, of... The, I want to hear at least one of these stories where, like, it's not like, and then he put that in, into more research to figure this out. I want to be like, and he bought an Escalade. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah. Granted, you couldn't get a new one for that, but you could get a, no. a good used one. There you go. Maybe, uh, not, maybe not in Ireland, but hey, you never know. <laughs> oh, that's true. It's probably super know. expensive in Ireland. Yeah. So, yeah. So He'd shout be even out, more of a baller in Ireland. Right. Shout out to him. That's great. And uh, mm. I think he has a bright future ahead. And oh, my for last sure. shout out, Jerry. You betcha. Goes out to the Rocket Man himself, Elton John. Elton John. And do you know why, Jared? Mm, mm, I have no idea. He has celebrated 29 years of sobriety as of July 29th. Wow. That's good. So that's amazing. And mm-hmm. not only do I want to spread the love to Sir Elton John, but also all of the people out there who are fighting for their sobriety and have been clean for however long that may be. One day, one month, 29 years. 
I think it's great, and I think these people deserve to be uh, recognized because, you know, um, a lot of people battle with these demons, and it's not easy to stay sober. So I'm happy mm-hmm. for uh, Sir Elton and everybody else out there who um, are on the road to recovery and are living a happy, sober life. So shout out to him and everybody else yeah. out there. Yeah, and everyone, whether they want to admit it or not, knows at least, uh, you know, has at least someone in their family mm-hmm. or a friend yep. that uh, deals with addiction in some sort of way. That's true. That's it's very a, true. Most people know, know how it goes. They just don't want to admit it because they never experienced it. Exactly. So. Exactly. Well, Jared, I think it's safe to say, not to make, not to make light mm, of yes. these people's struggles, but I think it is safe to say we do have an yeah. addiction here for some good old... <laughs> Untranslatable phrases. Yeah, yeah. I think you know what time it is. Here, let's put it this way. If you've got a sickness, the only cure is some untranslatables. That's right. You better believe it. Mind get if I get started today, Jerry? Mainline these untranslatables. Uh, please. All right. I'm going to start you off with a Finnish one. Mine are okay. all over the place today. Uh, no rhyme or reason. I just found some of these and I thought they were great. So this I one like is Finnish. Uh, doing that. Right. Even though I enjoyed the check, uh, I'm trying stream. to trying to pull a Jared here, trying to mm-hmm. trying to outdo Jared on his own game. It's not working, well, but I'm trying. Easy. People. I'm trying. Slipping on Gator piss. So this is Finnish, and it is. Oh geez, here we go. <laughs> Finnish <laughs> words, my man. I think this has four or five syllables. Pilkon u sia. Pilkon u sia. You know what I that means? I one of those. I think I built one of those the other day. I know it's Swedish. Everyone, it's just a. Uh, did you? Because this this Finnish word, Jared, means a literally it means a comma fucker. Wow. Mm-hmm. Is that a grammar Nazi? I I'll give you that. I'm looking at the judges. They agree. We'll mm-hmm. give it to you. Basically, Jared, a pilkanusia is someone who believes it is their destiny to stamp out all the spelling and punctuation mistakes at all costs. So yeah, I'd mm. say that's a grammar Nazi. That person sounds like a real fun time at parties, huh? That's right. That's right. Um, how do you feel about the Oxford comma? Also, what I'm is it? I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Oxford Can you explain comma, what it is? Yes, absolutely. Um, I would hope so. I am an English teacher. So the that's Oxford true. comma, Jared, is like, you know, so if I had a sentence like, um, let's see here. George, there's a there's a really funny example. Maybe I can find it real quick. Oh, I know what you're. Yeah, yeah. I there's can, a really funny example mm-hmm. uh, of like uh, it's like George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, and something else. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Let's see if Google will serve me right okay, here. Okay, well, while you're looking for that, I'll uh, right here. Do it, found it. it. Oh, that was or, easy. oh, this is this is an even better one. This is with Stalin and JFK. So we'll try this. Now one. you're just Stalin. The, oh. <laughs> see what you did there so here we go so this is and i am definitely a fan of the oxford comma so here we go so with the oxford or sorry we'll start without the oxford comma right um so the sentence is where is it i need to actually read the sentence okay so the the sentence is um so we invited so without the oxford commas uh it would be we invited the strippers jfk and stalin to the party right With Mm -hmm. the Oxford comma, it would be, we invited the strippers, JFK, and Stalin to the party. So without the Oxford comma, this implies that JFK and Stalin are our strippers. We invited the strippers, JFK and Stalin, right? Oh, Or if I have the Oxford comma, it would be, we invited the strippers, JFK, and Stalin to the party. So that Mm. pause there, 
obviously makes us realize, okay, JFK and Stalin are not the strippers that are invited way, to the party. That be does a sound party. like a great like male male stripper duo name. <laughs> <laughs> JFK and Stalin. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, the Oxford uh, Stripping my- Company. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can we hire uh, JFK and Stalin? We're doing a uh, historically themed... Uh, <laughs> Sounds uh, like The Office with the Ben Franklin. <laughs> um, oh, I was going to say, remember that uh, story I told you about that dad that dressed up as like historical figures? Because mm-hmm. he loved history and he dressed up for a Halloween party at his kid's school as in a like, real professional Nazi costume. Yeah, not my first idea. one is Burmese, my untranslatable, and it's Hakwag, Hakwang, Teter, Sar, Hakar. It's the funny thing is, someone actually from, it's not Burma anymore, is it? Is it Myanmar? Yeah, I think so. Would have, we probably have no idea what I just said. <laughs> probably not, but that's okay. Uh, that it's really weird uh, alphabet too. I mm. like it. It's funky. To eat a dish of a hundred heads. Hmm, to eat a dish of a hundred heads. Is it like is it like you're guilty of something? No, but I'll give you a clue because it's tough without the clue. It's okay. tough with the clue too, though. Uh the saying is from the story of an old man giving instructions to his sons uh in riddles before he died which by the way f you dad just <laughs> that's not a great idea so just something that's something that's <laughs> oh, i'm incre- not done oh oh okay done. uh a hundred heads refers to small anchovies now i'm done uh, that <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that small uh, anchovies are you know relatively cheap to eat a dish of a hundred okay. heads He's just saying... A cheap uh, meal. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, okay. the judges are like, we need more than that. But I'll just give it to you. Okay. It just means not to uh, spend money on extravagant things or dish or foods. Oh, good uh, call. Be frugal. I see. So Although, that's why it's saying just eat 100 heads. That's way cheaper than your fancy... Uh, SpaghettiOs? Um, no, that's not yeah. fancy. <laughs> I was going to say Sloppy Joes. Right. I'm I'm a fan though. I don't mind once in a while spending a little money on tasty food, but that's just me. Anyway, we'll stick we'll stick with this food theme though, Jared. And I have a Malaysian untranslatable for you today, which okay. is pisan zapra, uh, which means um, in the time it takes to eat a banana. Is that like I'll do it in a jiffy? I'll do it in a clickety split. Yeah, I, I would say mm. you're you're over complicating it, but I'll give it to you. In a jiff? Just means, yeah, soon. The time it takes to eat a banana. Soon. Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. you could eat a banana pretty quickly. Yep. Um, especially you. Slipping on <laughs> I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. My but okay. next uh, untranslatable is Filipino, and it is simply CR. Is that how they say it? CR. No, that's what it is. The letter C and the okay. letter R. Do you want me to tell you what it literally means? Yes comfort room comfort room so is it is is that as easy as it sounds i don't know you tell me it's just a place where people go to relax no my answer to you is then no it's not as easy as it sounds give me a clue um i mean i can give you a clue that can give it away well i'll just give you the clue because i'm terrible at clues uh it's similar to 
WC. Oh, it's a bathroom. Really? Mm-hmm. Waiter closet. The way the, the waiter closet. from Family Guy. Right. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, that's, that's how they say, like, you know, bathroom and uh, okay. yeah, the comfort restaurants room. and stuff. Yeah. All right, Jared. Get well, comfortable. Jared, uh, I have been really rusty with my German, and I'm assuming you have as well because Spanish dare is, you, but yes. has been on the front burner, which is good. Well, so I figured I'd test I've your German a little bit and see, on that too as well, see so. if you can figure this one out, Jared. This one is Kabelsalat. Uh, well, obviously salad. Cobble. Cable cobble. salad? Yeah, cable salad. Hmm. Is that what I have behind my computer right now? Because I've been there, yes, sir. Hit that ham horn. Uh, yes, it's a tangled mass of wires uh, okay. by under Jolsta. or around your desk. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, what do you have to do with it? What, what do you mean? I said, is that what I have behind my desk? behind my uh desk and computer right now and you said because of you no i i said i've because i've been over there and seen it oh oh i, I know what you. you're talking sorry about. i misheard yeah, yeah. you i misheard no you. you're good yeah you're good yeah so i Jared, hate cable salads me too me too i i have a lot of them sometimes when i especially when i used to play gigs um oh yeah that was yeah. bad for sure or the most common cable salad that just about everyone can relate to the headphones in the pocket oh that's the worst Mm-hmm. Tangle headphones is the worst. Well, Jared, you know what can or or could not be the worst? Traveling somewhere during peak travel times. Mm. You betcha. I agree with that. Now, obviously, you and I on this podcast have talked plenty of times about the struggles of traveling during peak tourist season time. Once or twice. And just for uh, let's we'll, we'll give a quick run over of what peaks. See, tour season is because really it just goes off of like weather mm-hmm. uh, yep. and time of the year so it's mostly based off of wherever the nice weather is at the time Absolutely. so if you're in if you're in the northern hemisphere then you know like uh july and august t- tend to be the uh the highest tourist right. months right June, now a little yep. bit too mm-hmm. and uh if you're in the southern hemisphere then i assume it would be like what december january i don't know i don't know I whatever th- there th- i think so Whatever their summer right. is. Mm-hmm. Except, obviously, if you go to, like, a skiing place or something like that. Right. Where then it would just be, you know, winter. Exactly. Um, and another and so, aspect, Jared, of the high season as well is also related to holidays. Holidays and school yes. vacations as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I cannot imagine visiting New York City during Christmas or during New Year's Eve. I'm assuming yeah. it's a madhouse there. Yeah. Yeah. And, by the way, anyone that goes to new year's goes to like uh times square for new year's turn off this podcast throw your phone in the river and then follow <laughs> your phone um <laughs> get real friendly Jared. i, I like was it. a little aggressive but I'm, I'm hungry okay everyone i tried to cook before and i had a mishap anyway um so Berlin and Prague, you know we had some fun traveling through Berlin and Prague a couple of months ago it was great mm-hmm. But we did spend the majority of the time walking through at least a low level of drizzle, essentially the entire trip. Like there were peaks of sun, but covered in rain. Do you think that was worth it to avoid peak tour season? You know, I think I'm going to give you what the Germans say is a a solid yine. A yes, a ya, and a nine. (laughs) A solid yine. Because 
it's great in terms of we didn't really have a ton of crowds. We had to like scuffle mm-hmm. through, except for at a couple of the tourist destinations. It was very crowded. The Brandenburg Gate in Berlin had a decent amount of people. Um, but I would say if... So did the Charles Bridge in Prague. That It's always like that. Doesn't really okay, matter. Okay, that was going to be season. my question. Does it get yeah. worse? Oh, yeah. In the summer. I mean, I mm. went there. I walked across it. Um, across it? I walked over it, I guess, uh, right before I left. So end of June, early July. July 1st, mm-hmm. I think. I walked across it. And uh, it was crazy. It was pandemonium. Um, yeah. And, you, you know, it was fun. Moved, had to photobomb a couple like, people, but, you know. Oh, what? that's fun. Do you mm-hmm. actively photobomb people? Because I will. I mean, sometimes. Yeah. Like, I'll get the behind and be like, yo, what's up? Or like, um, <laughs> I, give I, a I stupid usually face. Do that. I usually do that. But if I see, if I see it and I'm I like sometimes. in the vicinity, I might pop my head over real quick and do that. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So, other than that, um, I, I would say for the most part, it was worth it. It was definitely okay. worth um having the less than ideal weather yes now is, is it fair to admit can, can we now maybe we have to work at this but is it fair to admit that it's not all bad traveling during peak season sometimes maybe we'd even recommend it yeah i would say once in a while absolutely can we try to maybe go back and forth on some uh, ideas why that is mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely okay. Um, you want to start us off, Jared? Sure. I would say because a lot of the um, a lot of popular activities in that city mm-hmm. uh, tend to uh, uh, tend to happen. You know, there's stuff obviously that happens in other times, but there's usually always something going on around the peak tourist season. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know that's because maybe if it's a big holiday like Mardi Gras or something. Or like a, a you know, or or, or um, Oktoberfest or something like that. Like these are sort of like you know defining tourist attractions of the city. So um, you know that like granted, neither of those things happen during peak tourist season, but you understand what I'm saying. Those yeah. are peak tourist attractions. So you can hit the uh, attractions like the the some of the top attractions. I yeah. say it's one. I would. You s- really get a you know. Get a get to see cool stuff. I'd say, and that I think the I think the nice wise. thing too about the when you're traveling during peak season, mm-hmm. and um, I think that the key is just that there's going to be more opportunities for a variety of things to do, which I think is a huge advantage mm-hmm. during the peak season. The only bad thing though is because there's more people, there may be also a lesser chance of there being tickets available, or you might have to wait in line longer. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think you and I really had to wait in line for pretty much anything when you came to visit in Berlin and Prague, did we? Uh, no. I, I mean, even so. when we walked into Carlo Vilasnia, we kind of just strolled on in. That's true. I that, said that like a real American, Carlo Vilasnia. Actually, Carlo Vilasnia. Yeah, and that, and actually, I walked by it one of my last nights in Prague, and it was the line was super duper long. Yeah. So yeah, I can imagine that. So yeah, and I guess though too, if you're traveling to meet people. I would say the mm-hmm. peak season is obviously better. You know, for, for our, our dudes like Don, peak season is probably ideal time for him, although he could make friends during any any time now, of the travel season. I, I might agree with you on that, but I think, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you on that, but I would give the caveat that it's better for meeting um, tourists. 
Like mm-hmm. I feel like the the higher concentration of uh, tourists could actually potentially make it much harder to uh, meet you know locals, which we tend to uh, promote here. Oh, absolutely. Because I think you know the more tourists around, the more that the locals kind of just ignore them. Yeah, which yeah. I, I, I for agree good with. reason I would say for the most now part. there's the obvious. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's the obvious great greatest uh, reason why, and it's the weather. For sure. I mean, how nice is it to experience? Because for the most part, for the most part, now obviously there are outliers, but like sure. every con- every you know, there's every every like a country or like touristy country has like its time when it's very nice out Mm -hmm. like for whatever that might mean for that area i'm not saying the temperature or the weather is the same and it also depends on what kind of weather you like i Mm -hmm. personally do not do well under super hot weather so for me i would prefer to travel somewhere where it's a little cooler so for me like an ideal time would actually be um late spring or very very early summer i'm talking like Mm. Maybe end of May, for example. Do you um, do you know what they call that? What do they call that? There's a term for that. It's that shoulder season, Chan. Have you heard of shoulder season? Actually, I have not. I saw it pop up quite a bit when I was trying to do some research. Yeah, but I didn't look into it. Can you give me some more uh, context on that, Jared? I saw it pop up too, and I'm like, why does it? Why does this keep coming up? Clearly, this is a thing. Is that shoulder just the low season? Uh, no, that's uh, off season. There's off season. Off season. Okay, and then shoulder season. Okay, and uh, you know peak tourist season. Okay, shoulder season is the period in between a destination's low and high seasons of tourism, making prices cheaper for hot- for hotels and airfare in crowds smaller uh, at popular attractions. Europe. The Caribbean or Caribbean, depending on where you're from, right. in the United States, all experience shoulder season during spring, fall, and winter when children and college students are in school as these times of years are less busy for tourism uh, than the summer months. Makes sense. So I, okay. I feel like, you know, if you're trying to find that perfect in-between where, you know, it's not going to be super cheap for hotels because, you know, people are starting to trickle in. Mm-hmm. But um, you get a good mix of not being overwhelmed with tourists. But also, um, you know, it, you're a little less concerned about things like weather and whatnot. Right. And I myself, maybe it's because I spent, you know, the majority of my life in Michigan. I'm a huge fan of hoodie season. You know, that weather where you can wear a hooded sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's perfect. I call it sweater season, but you know, same thing. I'm just not as classy I like as Jared too. is. That that that's really what it was. I call right. it uh, cashmere season, but <laughs> we're just different. You know, different people. That's true. Different strokes for different folks, Jared. That's for sure. But yeah, I mean, I think shoulder season is kind of a nice in between because I think you can get a little bit of kind of the best of both worlds in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, so, yeah. Oh, sorry. Keep going. Did you have anything else to say about shoulder season? All, all I wanted to say name? was. I think I think that's kind of nice because you get a little bit of both. You know, it's not going to mm-hmm. be probably deserted, but it's also not going to be so crowded where you're going to be bothered by the crowds and stuff. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, and it also depends on where you're at. Because if you're in like giant places, you know, say Paris, 
check out our last untranslatable travel tips that That's came right. out a couple days ago, or London or something like that. Uh, you're going to be overwhelmed, you know, for a good, even during shoulder season, probably, let's be honest. Um, so how do you feel about full on off season? Have you done a lot of full on off season travel? Would you say? Um, not a, not a ton. Have you ever felt like you've been in a situation where it's like, I, this city feels like it would be more hot if I was here at a different time? Cause I have. I mean, I I have it a few places, definitely. Um, I guess the, the thing about m- me as a traveler is, although I enjoy meeting new people, if it's the off-season, the first thing I think of is, oh, cool, okay, what museums am I going to go to? You know, what what stuff can really? I see? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm weird like that, I guess, Jared. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've... I've been, you know, I went to Prague quite a bit when I was still living in the Czech Republic, and there were a lot of times where I would consider it off season. There are still always tourists, you know, in Prague, but there were mm-hmm. a couple times I was there on the weekends, and it was like dead. I was really surprised. Um, in Prague, yeah, really, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I um, I went to uh, a city called Salbach Hinterglem in Austria, mm-hmm. and that's uh, where I, I mountain biked. It's like slightly outside of uh, Salzburg. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I went I went mountain biking, so it was maybe I don't know, it wasn't winter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it was uh, you know, there was stuff happening, but you know, it's essentially just like a a res, kind of a resort town for skiing and stuff. So it was it, like it, it was not like dead or anything like that. There's definitely life and people there, but you could definitely feel that it wasn't running at capacity. Let's put it that way. Right. Where it's like you could feel, almost feel that this area has potential for for more to be going on, right? Like you don't really feel that way if you're walking through New York, you know, anytime. You're like, no, this this people are living on top of each other already. Um, but it's like, yeah, I feel like this this could have more going on here. But I get it. I'm here in April, right? Um, but you know, that I I I think if for solo travel, maybe I would recommend. Um, maybe I would recommend off season. Really yeah, immerse I, yourself. I th- yeah, and I think there's more opportunities to explore and get off the beaten path a little bit during the off season, because sometimes you kind of have to, mm-hmm. you know, because there's less to do, so you have to do some extra exploring, get creative, which is a lot of fun. Um, so so yeah, I I don't know. I think I think it really depends on how social you are, you know, I and and what you expect or what you want out of your trip. If you want. If you want to just do sightseeing and experience the the vibe of the town or the city, I think mm-hmm. you could do that no problem during the off season. But I think if you really want to meet people, I think there's a there's a lot of people our age and younger who really enjoy traveling to like meet interesting people and hear their stories. And if you're going to do that as well, I would suggest staying at a hostel for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, easiest place to meet people as well. And I mean there then I would probably recommend the peak season, but you're obviously going to be paying a prettier penny for it. That's for sure. Do you have a uh, guilty pleasure tourist attraction? Not including a museum, because you just said that. Right. Um, I might do you, say... Do you, do you mean like in a specific city? Or what do you mean? Or maybe it's... You could give me something specific or more like a... Almost like it's. it feels like a tourist trap, but you can't help... But uh, but love to see these kind of things. Oh, that's a that's a good question. I mean, well, for me, uh, it's it's definitely Stefan's Dome in Vienna. 
Mm. I just love walking down Kärtnerstrasse. It's like the main shopping street in Vienna. Well, one of them. And I love walking down that street because it brings back all the memories of when we were living there and then ending at Stefanstom and just staring at it and just enjoying the view. Otherwise, I mean, obviously, as you mentioned, museums, anything music related, really. Mm, you know, mm, if it's yeah. a concert, love museums with musical instruments. That's always super cool and exciting. Um, composers' houses as well. I would say those are my go-to. And <laughs> a lot Vienna of those. specific, but. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can see that in other places, too. Um, but yeah, so I would say those are mine. What about yours, Jared? Um, I enjoy um, <clears throat> like a, uh, now see, I hate to be this person, but a rat house, but what, what do you call that? Uh, uh, rat like house a government is the city hall. Build, city city hall. hall. I enjoy seeing city halls of, of, country, of cities. Especially in Europe, they are gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Or like, you know, the fun fact that the uh, one in Vienna looks very similar to the one in Munich because they were mm -hmm. designed by the same person. Right. Um, so I do like enjoy the that. the guy, huh? That's very true. He's like, you know what? <laughs> I already knocked it out of the park the first time. So, Mama you know, hoo -hoo. You get the idea. Here's That's a, right. Here's a Rathaus. That's crazy. Right. Fun um, fact for you, Jared. Uh, Rathaus in Czech is Radnica. Radnica. Radnica, yeah. Okay. Kind of cool word. Right. But yeah, yeah I agree. I guess architecture in general, now that you mentioned that, you know, the you like the 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 city halls. I guess I really like a couple different churches. That that I love every time I'm in Berlin, I try to go to the Berlin Cathedral as well. Because it's you know, it's on mm. the on the Spree, on the lake mm. that on the river there. Uh, and it's beautiful. Check out another our Instagram one. if you want to <clears> see some pictures of that. Another tourist attraction trap that'll get me every time. Now I'm I'm a cheap person, so I'm it's I'm good at not spending stuff not spending money on stuff unless it's food christmas markets oh that's true you should have seen my mom going bonkers at the one in dresden buddy it was crazy yeah. see luckily <laughs> i mean i don't know if it's luckily or not i like i don't buy trinkets and 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 trinkets and trippets i find that hard uh, to believe but i do like to spend money on food i'll tell you that much and, and that Christmas uh, market food is the bomb. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's so many options, and it's so like decadent, like the spätzle with ham, or like oh, the, um, like the uh, weird those things that that restaurant we went to when you were here has have like the potato, uh, potato Pancakes? pancake things. Mm -hmm. Those are good too. That's a popular Christmas market item. Right. Mm. I agree. Well, Jared, let's let's do this. I want to play a little little game with you for for okay. our main segment. I want to do like a, if you're a type of traveler, and I want you to give me if they should go high season, shoulder season, or the, the low season, okay? Okay. So, Jared, mm -hmm. if you're a very calm and relaxed traveler and don't have a packed full itinerary, which, which time would you peg them in? Um, high season, actually. And why? Because if you have a packed itinerary of things you want to do, they're probably tourist-related things. Mm -hmm. So it's, if 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 you want to, um, you know, hit up a bunch of tourist spots, I would recommend you do that uh, in low season because it'll be easier to manage a packed itinerary of tourist attractions. But if you want to experience a uh, just like if you want to just like roam around and experience a country or city, then you're not really those tourists don't have to really get in your way and you can just uh, sort of go with the flow and, and let the okay. trip take you and you can be in nice weather. Okay. So, Jared, I am a, <laughs> I am a worrywart traveler. 
I have to be everywhere no. early, well, and I don't always do well in crowds. Well, that's obviously. Uh, well, no, I'd say get out of your shell. Go in the uh... <laughs> go in the high season. Challenge yourself. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. But if you're not willing to challenge yourself, maybe maybe shoulder season would be a better kind yes. of baby step. Well, that's the and answer then to everything. Try the, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a baby step. Okay. All right. Let's see. Uh, I want to give season. you something that's more more challenging. Ooh. Okay. Here we go. I oh. Sorry, we're already done with our untranslatables, but our mm-hmm. clock at, clock at uh, Oma and Opa's uh, disagrees. Anyways, so, okay, Jared, I am a traveler who is a budget traveler. Um, I'm very social, but I don't really enjoy being in places when they're overcrowded. Uh, that's definitely uh, low season. The thing is, though, if this person's being honest with us and themselves, they have to be honest with that social thing because um, obviously low season, I think, is the better option. But there is a level of you know skill intact mm-hmm. to making friends in new cultures, especially since a lot of you know every culture does a little different. Okay, so okay. I understand where you're coming from, person. Um, but I would say be careful because. Uh, you're still you're still at a risk of maybe not finding that social circle you're looking for mm-hmm. because tourists in general tend to be a little bit more outgoing i would say I would in agree. any sort of city yeah. yeah i would agree yeah that social butterfly won't be able to spread their wings that's for sure mm-hmm. unless they're going to a place where they can speak bits and pieces of the common language tune into the untranslatable for podcast sure. for all mm-hmm. sorts of language nuggets you betcha and then like i I realized towards the end of my time in the Czech Republic, I enjoyed going to a pub by myself and trying to make a conversation happen in Czech. Obviously, I failed epically numerous times, but it was still fun. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people would see me trying and then they would try in English. And that's how it works. If I would have just gone in there. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say was I think that's uh, I'm sorry for cutting you off, Chad, by the way. You're good. You're good. I I think uh, that's also useful because... um, you know, you, you you used to talk a lot about how they were a lot of the Czech people you would meet would be hesitant to speak English with you, even mm-hmm. though they clearly could. And so I think uh, your choppy Czech uh, sort of um, um, sort of, uh, e- you know, lightens the mood. Sure. Yeah. Essentially. I would or agree. Or eases that, that anxiety that the Czech person might have to speak English. And right. I think They're like I'm definitely better than this guy. <laughs> right, right. Oh, dude, if I had a dollar for every time I told people when they were too shy to speak English, I was like, look, trust me, your English is way better than my Czech. If I had a dollar right. for every time I said that while I was over there, I probably could have bought a house in the Czech Republic and stayed there forever. <laughs> That's for sure. But yeah, I agree with you. Uh, the other thing, too, is I think if you speak a language so fluently that you might actually fool someone for being a local, they might also not be as curious to talk to you because they're just like, right. oh, who's, who's this? just local dude striking up a conversation Mm -hmm. but i think when you say oh yeah i'm a tourist that opens up so many doors for conversation let me give you a couple other scenarios jared and let's uh let's go with this so i don't care about i don't care about the weather i have lots of money to spend um (laughs) let's see i don't care about the weather i have lots of money to spend um but i am a planner and want to see everything i can during my vacation when should i go shoulder season okay and why uh because you don't really have to concern yourself with 
well, nah, just off season, off season. If you don't care about the weather, I know you have a lot of money, but that doesn't mean you have to spend it. I'd say save your money and just go in the off season. Okay, that's fair. Um, because I, I was gonna say, I mean, just because he, he, you say you don't care about weather, doesn't mean. But clearly, that's a person with just an uh, agenda, mm-hmm. and and um, just do it when when people won't get in your way. Right, that's fair. That's fair. It'll be okay. easier to stick to your schedule. That's uh, very not everything. True. Even you know, in a lot of tourist places, uh, a lot there's a lot of lines. Mm-hmm. You know, that's true. Well, Jared, now let's do this. We're going to continue with our game, but now I'm going to change the parameters. I want to give you a place in the world, Mm -hmm. and I want you to think of you as a traveler. Would you rather go there during the off-season, the shoulder season, or the peak, uh, the high season, the peak season? Okay. You can respond too, by the way. Okay. No, I prefer just hearing your opinion. I'll I'll add my (laughs) two cents, Jared. Well, since we just did a travel tips on Paris... If you were to go back to Paris, obviously you would be with me, of course. Uh-huh, right. But wh- what uh, what time would you pick? De- definitely low season. I would agree. As and if you listen to our travel tips episode, that's one of the things I asked you was: Would you think it would be different, or do you think it would be possible to have a, a pure like a trip where where you avoid all of these sort of tourist areas, or is it the tourist are the tourists just unavoidable? Right. And that's my question about Paris. Is there even a low season? And I'm not, right. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah. Um, okay. How about... Hmm. Let's see here. Now I'll pick an American... New York. New York City. I would say shoulder season. And why? New York City gets hot mm-hmm. and it gets humid. So you don't really want to go in summer. And obviously, that's tourist season. Mm-hmm. The good thing about uh, New York is it's gigantic, and so yeah, there's like stuff like Times Square, but it's it's easy. Well, not easy, but it's possible to have a good New York trip and sort of not really feel like you're doing touristy stuff or in the touristy areas. And um, the weather will be nice, as I mentioned, because it does get sort of humid, hot and humid mm-hmm. in summer. And there's like a serious, you know, New York has a real winter. Right. So, oh, um, yes, it does. I wouldn't recommend uh, winter. And so I would say a shoulder season. You know, that's perfect. New York is a perfect place for you know, they, uh, they, get, they, they have sweater season too. So, right. You, I think you, can, ha- you thing- can have a comfortable time with a light jacket and, and maybe a sweater and feel comfortable and not have to concern yourself with either uh, the hype of tourist season and the prices or the, uh, you know, the, even the hotter. Or, you know, the extreme temperatures. Oh, definitely. Most definitely. I think another thing to keep in mind too, Jared, is, you know, you mentioned the cold in New York during the winter. Um, mm-hmm. Just the, the different types of seasons that are around the world. You know, if you have like a monsoon season, yes. you maybe don't want to travel to those places during monsoon season. Where it's season. almost guaranteed it's going to be raining for like right. 23 hours a day. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I think I think that's also important to keep in mind as well. Um, mm-hmm. And, and really think about, well, what's, what's more important to you as a traveler? You know, are you okay with doing stuff inside if the weather's crappy your whole trip? Or is it really important for you to, you know, maybe you want to go hiking. Maybe you want to see a lot of nature while you're there. And that might also help you decide when I should go. Um, Give me another one that I don't know the answer, like that I haven't been to. A place you haven't been to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. 
Let's see here. Let me think of a place. Oh, well, I told you all about Carlo Vivari. We did uh, mm. on the road, yes. road again, I think, there, or we talked about it quite a bit. How about there, Jared? Would you go high, low, or tour season? Now, I don't fully know what the uh, temperature is like there. I would, so say it's, it, I would say it's it's pretty close to Michigan, actually. They get some real winters? Okay, the winters aren't as extreme. But otherwise, they do get some snow, but not nearly as much right. as we tend to get here. But it's, mm-hmm. I would say it's fairly, it's fairly close. No, I would say tourist season. Okay. I would say peak. Because, I mean, one of the big things about uh, Carlo Vivari, I was trying to think about it. Well, here, here I'll, I'll um, and keep in mind, I've never been to this place. I've only heard Chad talk about it a couple times. I would say the good thing about going in peak season is you can really enjoy the, um, the uh, what's the water source thing? What do they call them? Oh, the springs. The colonnades. The springs. Or, or promenades. Are there hotels that have springs like built with like hotels built around springs? Is that possible? I mean, there's hotels around them, but I think it's all public. I think. There mm, might be okay. hotels with them, but we we stayed in an Airbnb because I'm cheap, so I'm not going to stay in one of those fancy spas. <laughs> I would but, say yeah. if you care about the uh, the springs and if that's a if you, that's a cool part of the trip to you, mm-hmm. then go in peak season, especially since um, great Czech for people Republic, watching too. Czech Republic, in comparison to a lot of uh, other European cities, is generally cheaper, mm-hmm. uh, and then also um, it's not a big city, so uh, tour season. Uh, it'll be noticeable, but it won't be overwhelming. If right. you don't care about the um, the springs, definitely off tourist season. Because mm-hmm. whether it's tourist season or not, spas are open. Oh, definitely. And um, there's also, it's also fun to sit in hot tubs when it's super cold outside. That is and, true. And um, you could probably get good deals. Uh, I'm obviously on hotels and stuff, but probably mm-hmm. on massages and stuff too. Right. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. Well, Jared... Now it's what good I want to do advice right there. That is. What I what I want to do now is tell you mm-hmm. in case our listeners out there are wondering, hmm, well, you know, hmm. I don't want to go during the low season, but I don't want to lose all my money on this one trip. I'd like to travel some more. So I'm going to give you some shoulder seasons around the world. So, okay. We're going to start with Asia and Oceania, and in March you have Langkawi and Malaysia. And then also, uh, so the beaches there are less crowded in March. And then also in India, March tends to be apparently where before the temperatures start to get really, really hot. Um, so wait, mm-hmm. they're in the Southern Hemisphere? Yep. Summer starts in March. It says here this is the shoulder season. Okay. No, so, I'll, I'll, sorry. I, I'm, I'm just, I, go ahead. Trying to, trying to figure it out. I don't blame you. So that's March. Then we have April. Um, one place you could go to is New Zealand before winter. Mm. Then in May, Australia, the weather is great up north, and the airfare from the States to Australia is actually at its lowest. So that's kind of interesting. Okay. So in May, in June, Australia once again takes the takes the cake for June. September, Bali before the rains start, and Hawaii because the summer crowds are departing from Hawaii. Um, October is also Bali before the rains start. Um, November and remember, this is all just Oceania and um, I believe this Asia. Asia. Thank you, thank you. Um, October, Bali, uh, November, South Pacific Islands in New Zealand. December, Langkawi, Malaysia, New Zealand. Uh, so now, now we'll move on to our next continent, which is Africa. In March, you could go to Botswana because the floodplains are starting to dry. In mm-hmm. April, 
also uh, Botswana, the floodplains are starting to dry. In September, South Africa, uh, the foliage is still perfect for game viewing. Morocco, in Morocco in September, all the European vacationers have left, but the weather is still fantastic. Uh, Morocco continues in October for the same reasons. Kenya, because the wildebeest migration is ending, uh, but the herds are crossing the Mara. November, we also have Kenya for the same reason. Um, now, this is interesting. They also say for November, you, should, you could also go to Botswana, but they say also as the rains begin. So I'm not mm. sure if you want to do that. Now, Europe... <laughs> In April, in Europe, you want to go to the Mediterranean because this is before the summer crowds arrive in the European mm. season, the Mediterranean. Um, and it gets hot there. Right. They say like May. real hot. Right. This travel and leisure website, I'm, I'm a little sad for their lack of um, detail here, but in May, they just say European cities. So there you go, <laughs> European cities. But I would agree with that. I've done a lot of traveling in May in Europe, and it's a good time because there's not a ton of people. It's hoodie weather. Or cashmere sweater weather for Jared. Usually so it's all you good. can rely on the weather in May. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Europe. Europe yep. in May. Mm-hmm. Except, uh, May, European cities. Uh, Do you have South America on that list? I think so. Yeah. I want to go to Colombia. Just, just wait. Oh, yeah, it's on there. Don't worry. Don't okay. you worry. Uh, next up, we have September. Um, also, once again, European cities, but also Greek islands because it's after the summer rush has ended. And then mm-hmm. in October, apparently the Mediterranean resorts have good prices and also ample sunshine in October. So there oh, you go. Lovely. And then December is, I don't know how this is the shoulder season. Maybe it's too early. I don't know. But according to Travel and Leisure, December is the shoulder season for ski resorts in Europe. Um, I find oh, that interesting. Probably, I bet you it gets worse. Um, in January. January, February, February after probably. Christmas. Right. I agree. So now, now we're in the Americas, so United States and also Central and South America. So here we go, Jared. April, ski resorts in the U.S. Rockies, also okay. Patagonia um, as well, and the also jacket. ski resorts in Canada's Rockies. Yeah, bring a jacket. In May... I said the jacket, Patagonia. Oh, so, so, sorry. <laughs> I heard you there. Um, in May, you have Alaskan cruises, or you could also check out Costa Rica or Belize in May. In June, mm. you could go to Mexico's Baya Peninsula. Then in September, also uh, Alaskan cruises. October, Mexico's Baya Peninsula again. Ar- uh, November, you have Arizona and the Caribbean islands. December, also Arizona, mm. okay, uh, that Belize, makes sense. and Costa Rica. And January, February, July, and August are no significant sol- shoulder season, sorry. Uh, but prices drop immediately after the holidays in January. Unfortunately, yeah. I couldn't tell you, Jared, when shoulder season is in Colombia. I have no idea. All right. That's okay. Sorry I'll to break that research. to you, buddy. But yeah. Yeah. That's so, okay. I mean, there's there's a lot of, you know, there's pros and cons to traveling. All, all three of these seasons just depends on your budget, why you're traveling, what you want to do and what you want to see. That's for sure. For sure. I agree with that. I agree with that. I'm going to... Um, yeah, I, I never really... Honestly, I don't know if I really... Luckily, I have the comfort of uh, a job that offers sort of vacation that you can essentially use whenever you want. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my v- travel is less based around shoulder season, high season, low season, and more shaped around when have I saved up enough uh, yeah, money to uh, make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's my season. Money season that's and making true. money season. 
That's true. Daddy's been making seasons. money season right now after uh, being unemployed for a while. Finally. But yeah. Yeah. So we hope this has been helpful for all of you. And uh, you if betcha. you have any questions about different tourist seasons around the world, let us know at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com or untranslatable one. Slide into the DMs. And I'm sure Jared will be happy to help you. So yeah, but mm-hmm. moving on, it is time for a new vibe of a kind of song called Sleeping on the Blacktop by Saskatchewan uh, artist, uh, Saskatchewan, Canada, Coulter Wall, which is a fantastic tune. I'm curious to hear what Jared's thoughts are on it because I don't think this is quite your cup of tea in music, mm. but I'm curious to hear your take on it. It's interesting that you would say that. I mean, I don't... It's country. Would you call that country? Yeah, I would say right, so. Now we'll get back to that because I uh, have a comment on that too. Um, now, I don't listen to country, but uh, first of all, all country is is blues for uh, white people. Um, <laughs> I mean, really, it's blues right. for black people that white people stole. Let me be c- clear. Uh, <laughs> but um, all it all and all it is in the 21st century is uh, blues for white people, and so it's good. I like it. <laughs> how uh, how I like would you respond to white people listening to blues music, then, Jared? Um, I just want them to recognize where where they're where they're that's fair the, the country music is coming from i don't that's have a fair. problem with i'm not oh, saying country you, blues i'm not are saying related. i'm not saying um like uh white people can't listen to blues i'm just saying that like the that's uh, where it came from like stereotypically and i'm not like uh country music has been stuck to white people and um and then you know a lot of white people very much um relate to it uh anyway I like the song. I like how it sounds. It's very tough sounding. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you seen what this guy looks like? Uh, no, I haven't. What does he so, look like? So hit well. So his voice is this kind of gravelly. Sounds like you know he's been drinking whiskey, smoking cigars, and cigarettes for like fifty years, right? Mm-hmm. I think this dude's probably in his mid to late twenties, maybe thirty. Twenty four. There you go. Okay, and he, he just Irish. has this very distinct voice and that's what drew me to him i was actually listening to a different country artist and he came up on my youtube and i saw him you know had the country guy look had the cowboy hat and the beard mm-hmm. and the denim shirt on and uh i don't know yeah. if it was a canadian tuxedo or not but uh <coughs> and, and i heard him play guitar and he's got a really kind of cool way he plays guitar it's not your soup it's kind of folky country bluesy kind of would you agree okay sure because it's i mean you're the professional that's true because it's not just your typical boom 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 no. kind of country um and it's only it's usually only voice guitar and then if you watch him live he has like a kick drum that he'll he'll kick with his foot to give that bass um mm-hmm. but that's that's pretty much it now do they speak like that in saskatchewan because if is it just me or does he sound very southern when he sings I'm not or sure. Putting I've, on a... I've never been to Saskatchewan, so I can't really tell okay. you, to be honest. I got but, questions. But I mean, I think I think it might just it's be like part Iggy of the Azalea style of music. sounding like a black person when she raps. Do, do you think she sounds like a black person? Uh, I think she, she tries to. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've never heard him talk. I've never heard any interviews and stuff. That's but, true. But, but I liked I don't it. Know. It's, it's not even that I didn't like it. It's just like it might not be what I would listen to, uh, you know, if I were to pull something up on my phone to listen to. But I enjoyed it. And I listened to it. I, li- I listened to it. I listened to it like um, 
like uh, three or four times. When you sent it to me and you said that, I was like, why would he think that? That's so interesting. Especially since you and I uh, tend to uh, agree pretty often on, on, on music. Right. Yeah, we, we usually have a very similar taste in a lot of music. I think we like a lot of the same things. But I don't know why, buddy, but ever since I moved to the Czech Republic, um, I really started to listen to a lot more country music. A lot of it's because my good buddy David showed me this artist. I Well, I think it's because he showed me this one artist. I've always enjoyed Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that David was joking with me, and, and all of our listeners out there know, know David very well, at least if you've heard any of our previous episodes. Um, and the funny thing is David told me he sounds kind of like a Canadian cowboy Johnny Cash. Mm. And I would agree with it a little bit. He's got that kind of okay. lower voice, like Johnny Cash. But I mean, he the, doesn't sound what, Canadian, but he is Canadian. I get, right, I get what you're saying. Right. right. Uh, but yeah, it's a great song, Sleeping on the Blacktop. I have a question yeah. for you, though, Jared. So the chorus, he says, hey, darling, sleeping on the blacktop. Hey, darling, running through the trees, honey. I'm wondering, yeah. is is the darling sleeping on the blacktop or is he sleeping on the blacktop? That's a good question. What's, I, I don't know. Say, I was just about to say, my first assumption was, was her. I was like, what's going on in her life? Right? Poor girl <laughs> sleeping on the blacktop. <laughs> Running through Running trees. Running through the trees. Yeah. Is he chasing her? What's That's yeah. also what I was thinking. Right. I was like, I, I, she should probably keep running. But this that, guy but, sounds like a predator. Right? But then again, like, is he trying to pick up a girl by being like, yeah, I sleep on the blacktop and run through the trees? Like, is that how I you think, get the Saskatchewan cowboy late? Cow, I think cowgirls? maybe... I think maybe it's just because of the sound of his voice. I assumed it was him, and Easy. he was it was some sort of tough guy thing happening or something. Okay, you know, yeah, he's it's like I'm out here sleeping on the blacktop. Yeah, right. You know, so yeah. But check that out on our Twitter, Untranslatable One. You betcha. Or on our YouTube channel, Untranslatable Podcast. You for betcha. Some good old Canadian. I don't know if you would say Saskatchewanian. Saskatchewan uh, tunes. There you go. So check it that out, was Coulter great, Wall. Actually, that was sleeping on the blacktop. <laughs> so Jared, I've decided because my German, I've stopped doing the Czech words of the pod, but mm-hmm. I decided, you know what? So sad. I want to contribute. I want to be part of this this two man duo here. So I'm going to give us a German word of the pod. Okay. You're going to know this one because it's a cognate, and I'm sure most of our listeners will as well. But the word for today's pod is tourismus. Yeah, tourism. Hmm. All about what we were talking about today. Good old tourismus. So there you uh, go. My Spanish training has been uh, lacking. I'll admit that. But I'm still bringing Spanish words of the pod. Nice. And today's is estacion. Estacion. Hmm. I, I don't know this one. Um, is it tourism? <laughs> no, it's season. Oh, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Okay. How do you say season in German? Saison. Is it really? French. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I saison. don't know that. Mm-hmm. Die Saison. Mm-hmm. I believe it's Der Tourismus. Yep. Not Das? I thought stuff that ends with us is usually A-S. I thought it was Der. <laughs> or, uh, excuse me, I-E. I, actually, I think it's Die Tourismus. I take it back. No, dude, it's definitely not D. It's it's Der Tourismus. Because it's... You it's, looked it up? Did you look it up? Yeah, yeah. It's U-S. Okay. M-U-S. Dare to right, listen, mm-hmm. listen, I'm just throwing things out there. I'm wrong every now and again, too. I'm hey, a human. Let's perfect. just move on. Let's just move let's, on. Let's tell some, let's let's tell some jokes, Jared. Stop embarrassing me on the podcast in front it's of everyone. Time, it's time, time for some jias, Jared. So here we go. <laughs> um, All right. So, the, so police officer pulls a guy over after 
uh, being on a five-state chase. And he says, why did you lead me on a five-state chase? What do you think the driver said, Jared? I don't know, Chad. What did the driver say? I love to travel. Uh. <laughs> I love to travel. Oh, that's, so Jared, that's good. I actually like that one. I, I'm I can imagine OJ Simpson saying that after he gets pulled <laughs> oh, over or something. Oh, geez. Here we go, Jared. Uh, all right, Good morning, next, Twitter. Have next, you seen those? Oh, gee, yeah, yeah, I have. <laughs> so cringeworthy. So, Jared, <laughs> how many tourists does it take to change a light bulb? Uh, 6,000. You're pretty close. Well, not really, but six. One to huh? hold the light bulb and five to ask for directions. <laughs> I think I'm going to say five to take pictures of it. Oh, that would be way better. Two to ask for directions, two to take pictures, and two to argue. There you go. Yeah, um, and then one to break it or something. Right. <laughs> um, so, Jared, this one, this one kind of. Uh, oh wait, uh, no, I think I've told you that one before. Well, we'll try this one. I don't think I've told you this one. Why did Mickey Mouse take a trip into space? Mm, I don't know why. To find Pluto. Oh. Now Pluto's the dog from Goofy, right? It is, yeah. Okay. See, it's interesting you went with Mickey Mouse. Oh, I should have gone with Goofy. That's fair. <laughs> that is fair. Good. See, Jared, this is why I do these. You know, you're building up my, my joke repertoire, so I appreciate uh, it. That really did test my... Uh, my Your Disney uh, skills. That? Not Looney Tunes. Your Disney um, skills. It's Disney. That's, oh, right. right it's right. Disney. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course. Goofy's so Disney? All right. Yeah, Goofy's Disney. So, Jared, right. it's time for a quote of the pod. And I think regardless of the high shoulder or low season, you just have to travel when the time is right for you. Meaning this could be, like you said, if it's money season or travel season uh, or spending season, or you know, if you have sensitivities to weather, if you don't like big crowds of people, if you're really trying to be frugal. So if you just really want to hit up the attractions. That's right. If you're if trying you to, to avoid, go to concerts, right? Maybe you want to go to Coachella or something, you know, that's why you're doing that. Maybe you want to get sucked away by a monsoon, you know, what whatever Maybe. whatever you like to each his own. So mm-hmm. try to find a season that works best for you. And so we hope that this podcast has given you guys some info and shed a little light on uh, the different travel seasons. Brilliant. And let us know if you have any questions about any travel seasons or places to go at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com or slide into our DMs, untranslatable1 on Twitter. Check out our Insta for all sorts of different travel pictures and other shenanigans. Great clips made by Jared, uh, Untranslatable Podcast. And lastly, please, five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher and give us some feedback. How can we make this podcast better for you? Spread a little love. We would really appreciate it. So without further ado... Uh, as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, que cuyame a muchas gracias. <laughs>